Welcome everybody. This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. My name is Christian Gossett. Um, we just got done doing fellowship. I want to know you by Upper Room. Uh, I actually just stumbled upon that song this morning in my secret place and I got rocked by the Lord. I was uh, truly overwhelmed. His presence was in my room and I needed it because you know when you feel like you're tired, you're weak, you want to give up, get in the presence of God. He'll strengthen you. He'll encourage you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you power. He'll give you that love that you've been searching for. Throughout all the world, you need his love first. So um, we do have a guest speaker today, so it's going to be amazing. Um, but before I introduce him, does anyone have any uh, praise reports, any testimonies they would like to share? Anybody? No? Okay. That's fine. That'll be the shortest uh, introduction then. Um, well, um, Pastor Carmen, can you do the honors of just in prayer just Absolutely. so we can come in? Okay. Father, we love you. We worship you. We praise you for being so good. Father, we thank you for your presence resting on this precious, precious Bible study slash podcast we're doing, Father. Mm -hmm. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, have your way yes, and Lord. saturate this place with your presence. And everyone at the sound of our voices will either get saved, healed, delivered, filled, set free. Yes, Lord. This is their night, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. Can I just say something for 30 yes. seconds? You guys out there, you guys here, unction is greatly, greatly, greatly affected by the hearer. Please don't look to what he can bring to you right. and pull on that anointing from what the Holy Ghost yes. can give through him. Yes. You will receive. That's good. But you got to be expecting. You got to be pulling on that anointing, and that's how you receive. Amen. So good. And uh, so we have good. to have Chelsea give us pulling lessons. We will. One on one pulling she's, lessons. She's the queen. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said Derek Long, but you're John Long. <laughs> I know. I almost. I, I don't. Yeah. I almost said Derek. I almost said Derek. Yeah. So um, we have as our guest speaker John Long. And uh, he'll introduce himself, and he'll give you the title. So let's welcome him. Let's give him a Does not look through his name and go really long? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, the one thing I want to say is I'm 75 years old. I think I'm about 35, but I've seen three major miracles in my life. Two in my 30s, a, a lung situation was healed supernaturally by the power of God. The second was a heart situation healed supernaturally by the power of God. And the last one was 10 years ago. I had a stent and a blockage. I was supposed to go have a stent put in. A blockage, I was supposed to have a stent put in. And the Lord healed me in the basement of Intel where I was working two, a week before I had the stent. Come on. And I've been in perfect health ever since. Seventy-five years old, stronger than a wild ox. Come on, green and fat and flourishing, still bearing fruit in old age. Come on. But in seventy-five years, I want to tell you, I've learned a lot of things from the Word of God. Come on. And I've seen a lot of things. My wife and I used to do hospital ministry for a large church out here in Arizona. We saw several miracles. We saw one that they got given up on. They'd shocked him three times with the, with the paddles. 
And yeah. we went in and had prayer with him. The pastor went in and had prayer with him. Two weeks later, he was in the house of God worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. And that was one of the biggest. So I'm going to share with you from the Word of God tonight. This is not my Word. Don't ever take it that way. This is the Word of God. I want to say this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. Yes. And it says it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for training in righteousness, and for rebuke. And this is not a man's Word. This is God's Word. And you've got to understand that to understand how important this book is to your life. Because it can save your life. It can bring healing. You can have deliverance. There's so many people captive today to drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography. It's rampant. This gambling situation is the worst I've ever seen. Now you can sit on your couch, watch football, and make a bet every two minutes on how many points they're going to score, who, how many yards this guy's going to get. It's, it's horrible. And there's going to be a lot of people lose their homes, lose everything they have because it's an addictive situation. Now, 2 Peter 1.29 says, No prophecy is given by the origin of men. Or in other words, men didn't make this up. But it was given by holy men of old as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. So if you can remember, Moses went up into the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments. He came down from that mountain and had the first Ten Commandments. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. Not what Moses thought what God spoke in his heart through the Holy Spirit to write down. That's why this book's so important. If you want to receive from God, if you want to be blessed in this life, this is the most important book you can ever set your eyes on. I want to say this. Numbers 23, 19. This is one we used to put on a refrigerator. It says, God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. Has He not said it, and will He not do it? Has He not spoken it? And will He not make it good? Friend, there used to be a time in America we could give a handshake to someone and know if we made a deal, that deal would be done. I want to tell you something. You don't have to shake God's hand. Just read His Word. and He'll watch over it to perform and it won't return to Him void. you got to know that. And listen to this. I want to read this to you. This is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, 20 to 22. This is very, very important. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear. Hear it. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from my eyes. Keep focused on this. And keep them in the midst of your heart. I want to tell you something. When the devil attacks... You better have this Word rooted and grounded in your heart because He'll hit you hard sometimes. But I want to tell you something. He is a loser. He's already lost. Jesus defeated Him at the cross. You know it says that they would never have crucified Jesus had they have known. They couldn't keep Him dead. He came out of that grave, friend, and He's alive and well today. He's on the throne. He says, if you need anything, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in your time of need. That's what His Word says. That's why you need to be in here. Mark, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 33, 6. Jesus said, Behold, I bring you health and cure. I will cure your disease and reveal unto you an abundance of peace and truth. 
If you need healing, you've come to the right place tonight because that's what this is going to be about. Um, the message is that tonight is on receiving a miracle and keeping the miracle and why you can lose the miracle. And I'm going to show you from the Word of God. Not, not my Word. I'm going to show you from the Word of God tonight. Proverbs, or I'm sorry, I want to read that to you out of Mark chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 22 and 23. And this is one of the most important Scriptures you're ever going to hear in your life. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Verse 22 and 23. Come on. And this is it. Jesus had just walked by and he'd seen a fig tree from a little distance. He got up to it and there was no fruit on it. And you know what he did? He cursed that fig tree to the roots and he commanded it to die. The next day they come back by where that fig tree was and the disciples looked and that fig tree had withered and died. And what's amazing, it withered from the roots up. That's absolutely opposite of the way I've seen trees die. They start up, the leaves start to fall off, and then pretty soon it works its way down to the root. And they said, look, Lord, that fig tree that you cursed has died. And Jesus said this. You ought to underline these. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, now listen to this and underline it, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, get that word saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Come on. What main word jumped out at you in that scripture? It said saith, right? Well, I want to tell you the importance of that. Proverbs 18 Chapter 21, verse 21 says, The power of life and death is in the tongue. What you speak is what you're going to get. Did you notice that Scripture didn't say whether it was good or bad, whatsoever right. you sayeth you were going to get? Right. It didn't say that. It said whatsoever you sayeth. You need to start getting on the right thing and speak what this Word says and the promises that this Word That's speaks good. to you. And never give up. Come on. Now I want to tell you this one. James chapter 3, verse 14. Actually, it's 13 and 14. But it said, Man puts bits in a horse's mouth. And I've rode a horse. And you have the bits, a little piece of metal round rod that goes across the horse's mouth. And then on each side, you have a leather strap that goes back to the rider. And the amazing thing, you can take that, I don't know, what are, a horse weighs six, 700 pounds. You can take that horse and be going down a trail. You pull that reins to the right, that horse will go to the right. You pull that reins with your left hand, that horse will go to the left. You pull both reins at one time, that horse will stop. So that range, that uh, bit gives direction to that horse. And then it speaks the next verse about the rudders on a ship. Now, we were down in Virginia Beach. My son-in-law is a colonel in the Air Force. He was stationed at the Pentagon. And we went down to Virginia Beach to visit him. And I got to see one of the aircraft carriers come in that day. Humongous ship. And you know that rudder on the back of that's probably about maybe four or five feet high. And it gives us a direction and that ship's going to go. Everywhere that ship's going to go, that rudder is going to give it that yeah. direction. Yep. It can spin clear around in a circle if it wants to just by what that rudder does. 
And you know what God compares the bit in the horse, the rudder on the ship? That right there, our yeah. tongue. Mm-hmm. It'll give direction to our life. That's why you need to say like David said, the Lord set a guard over my mouth that I might speak what pleases you. Hebrews 10.23 says this. Now this is important. Let us hold fast to our confession of our faith. Listen, your miracle might not come in a microwave oven. It might take hours. It might take days. It might take months. It might take years. But you hold fast. I like to think about a pit bull. Boy, if he gets a hold of you, baby, you're in trouble. Because he ain't going to turn you loose. That's the way we got to be with the Word of God. When you get a promise from God and it spoke to your heart, you hold fast to that. You don't let anything shake you. You hang on. And then we're going to read in uh, uh, Hebrews 6.12. Listen to this one. Very important. We inherit the promises by faith and impatience. Oh, I need my glasses checked. That word should have been patience. We receive the promises by faith and patience. Again, God's not a microwave giver of miracles. But He'll give it. If He tells you something in His Word, He's not a man that He should lie, right? Right. Or the Son of Man that He should repent. If He said it, He'll do it. You hold on because He'll do it in the right time. Now I want to read to you tonight. I want to read uh, Romans 4, verse 18 to 21. Romans chapter 4. Romans, Romans chapter 4, 18 to 21. This is talking about Abraham. And he's one of, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, he's one of the great men of faith that's listed in the Bible. And this is what it says. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that that was spoken to him, so shall I seed be. Do you know God made that promise to Abraham when he was 75 years old? Yes, sir. He called him out and he said, you're going to be the father of a multitude. Many nations are going to come out of your loins. Now listen to what we said about that microwave promise. This wasn't one of those. <laughs> and being not, here's what Abraham, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. The man was 100 years old, friends, when, he, when he's considering this. He staggered. It's, I love this word, staggered. I used to stagger, but it wasn't because of what God had, uh, of unbelief. <laughs> Thank God He delivered me from that. Amen. And being not weak in faith, He considered, I'm sorry, He staggered not at the promise of God, the promise of God, through unbelief, what was, was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and here's the key to receiving a miracle right here. You ready? And being fully persuaded that what He had promised, He was able to perform. Do you know what? You know when Abraham had Isaac? 100 years old. Do you know what I believe caused that miracle to finally happen? 24 years, that promise didn't come. But you know what God did when He was 99? He came to him and he said, from now on, your name is Abraham. Yeah. 
You know what Abraham means? It means father of a multitude or father of a nation. Now listen, every time his servants came by, hey Abraham, he's here, father of a nation. Yes. Father of a nation. Yes. That's the promise God gave to me. That's the promise. That's all I could hear. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word yes. of God. And I want to tell you what, in about three months, they thought there was a, a Rice Krispie party in Abraham's tent. Snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> a miracle was conceived. Wow. And nine months later, Sarah had Isaac. Just as God had promised 25 years earlier. Wow. Fully persuaded, it said. Come on. Didn't stagger through unbelief. Come on. Now watch what happens. This next one we're going to look at. A man received a miracle. A man lost a miracle. Turn with me if you would to Matthew chapter 14 verses 25 to 31. Matthew chapter 14, 35 to 21. Twenty-five to thirty-one. I'm sorry. And in the fourth watch of the night, the disciples had been sent ahead on the on the ship. And of course, when they got out in the middle of the sea, uh, the devil sent a storm. The wind started blowing, and they were worried they were going to sink. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, "It is a spirit or a ghost." And they cried out for fear. Now I got to stop right here. Fear is a faith killer. When you get over into fear, faith goes out the door. So they're in fear. And, but straightway Jesus spoke to them. Here comes the word, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. He'll always tell you to be not afraid. Right. You can read this book from front to beginning and you'll see how many times he speaks. Fear not, yeah. be not afraid. Yeah. Because fear is a faith killer. Yeah. And, Peter, and, he, and yeah. Peter answered him and he said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come out on the water with you. And he said, Come. There's the word of God, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Can you imagine Peter? They could have ran around in, on that sea like it was a football field, just had a ball. But, oh, I better read you the next verse. Peter got a miracle. You can't walk on water, friend, unless Jesus says come. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid. What did I say about fear? And beginning to sink... He cried, Lord, save me. He had a miracle. But friend, he lost it. Do you know why he lost it? He looked at the situation around him. He looked down at the sea and the waves instead of looking up to Jesus. David said, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Jesus, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? 
He had it. He lost it. You know why? His situation looked too big. I'm going to tell you about another man in the Word of God, and you probably, many of you know this story. There was a giant of a man. His name was Goliath. He was over nine feet tall. The army of Saul and Israel was on one hillside on the top. Goliath was on the other with the Philistines. Forty days and forty nights, that monster of a man would come out and say, send a man out to fight with me. If he beats me, we'll serve you. But if I beat him, you'll serve me. The, the Israel, I, I kind of laugh at this because sometimes I think we do this. The army of Israel would get into their war hoops and praise and jump up and down and shout, and then all of a sudden Goliath would come out again the next day. And guess what? Their hearts would melt with fear, and they would stand there like little whipped puppies with their tail between their legs. One day, a little shepherd boy, he was in his teens, came to that camp to bring bread to his brothers, his father had sent him. And he heard Goliath come out and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine yeah. that defies the armies of God? And they, they begin to re, his brothers began to rebuke him because he said, I'll go and fight that, that That's right. giant. No here. You know what his brothers thought and the army thought? They thought that guy's too big. You know what? Their God was too small. Come on. Right. Come on. I want to tell you this. Yeah, that's good. That giant was so big that I believe David knew he couldn't miss. Mm. Now David looked at him and he started down towards him. And the, the Philistine Goliath said, what do they do? Send a little dog with a stick out after me? He said, I'm going to slay you and give your carcass to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. The devil always tries to get you into fear. There it was right there. Fear. Fear to David. You know what David did? He looked right him. I believe he looked him right in the eye. And he said, I want to tell you something, Goliath. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And you're an uncircumcised Philistine. And this day... I'm going to take your head off your shoulders. Come on. <laughs> and I'm coming. And you know what it says then? David ran yeah. towards Goliath. Yeah, and he took a sling in his hand. <laughs> that was the stick Goliath was talking about. I think he could have threw it behind his back between his legs. I don't care where he let it go. But I want to tell you, that stone found Goliath's head and down that monster of a man went. And David went up to his body he said he had told Goliath, I'll feed your carcass to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He went up to that body. He took, took out that sword and he cut his head off like he said he would do. And he gave all glory and all praise to the bigger God that he served than the big man that the, the, his brothers and the army was afraid of. Don't ever make God smaller than your situation. You're not going to be in any situation that your God ain't big enough to take care of it, on, to bring on. you through it, and to bring you through in victory. Hallelujah. David went on to be king of Israel. You know what he did with that? I've missed the point. You know what he did with that Philistine's head after he cut it off? It walked miles to Jerusalem and he held it up. In other words, I got your giant today and I'm going to come for you in the near future. You're next, Jerusalem. I'm going to take you back. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
You know, on top oh. of that, too, is that, yes, sir. that, that you know, um, when David was calling out Goliath, he knew that he didn't have a covenant with God because he wasn't circumcised. Amen. Right? And yeah. he knew, he's like, well, I have this covenant keeper of a God. And I believe that intimidation when he cut Goliath's head off and walked, you know, a mile, whatever, to Jerusalem. Oh, several miles. Several miles. It's just to show that, hey, you mess with me, you mess with my God. Amen. And then. And he's what, bigger. Right, exactly. Amen. And I think it reverses, like, the faith rises in you, and then the fear goes on other people. Amen. You know what I mean? It's awesome. I agree. Matthew 9, 27 to 30. And, and Jesus departed thence, and two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Boy, these guys need a miracle. Can you imagine being blind? You can't see any of the beauty of God's creation. You can't see anything. You can't work. You, you have to beg for your living. You sit in the dust waiting for somebody to give you a handout. And, and thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, can you believe that Jesus kept on walking? And those blind guys can't see. They had to follow him into that house by sound. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe you that I am able to do this? Then they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Mm. What do you believe God can do for you tonight? Can you believe He can do it? Yes. You know, we went on vacation about three weeks ago. We went to Yellowstone National Park, the Bridges uh, National Park in Moab. We went to Zion National Park. And we went to um, Bryce Canyon National Park. I saw sights, I, I, I tell you, it just blessed my heart. And I said to Paula, I said, can you imagine... Jesus created all this in one day. The Word says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And by Him were all things made that were made. One day, one day, and it was all created. And then it says the whole earth declares His glory. Lord, I looked at those waterfalls and those, I, the sights that I saw. I said, Lord, you're so magnificent. I believe it's shown you his beauty, his strength, his his wonderful mercy and power. How how he could think of all that and create it in his mind before he did it. I'm sure he it's like us. We're created in his image and his likeness, and he can put things into our mind to do and make, and we can do it. Because he put it there. So what are you believing him for? I want to look at uh, another scripture here. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. And you remember what we were talking about, about the tongue, power of life and death in it? It's like the ship on the rudder guides your life. Well, this is one, this is one that spoke to me several uh, months ago. And it's one that brought me revelation. It's a Christmas story, really. But I had never seen this. And, and tonight I want to share it with you. 
Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 22. This is about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zechariah, it was his duty to go into the temple and burn incense. And when he was in there, an angel appeared to him. And we'll pick it up in verse 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Now watch what the angel says. But the angel said unto him, Fear not. Remember what I told you a while back in this message? God always says, fear not. Be not afraid. Fear not, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his, earth, for he shall, at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And if you remember, when Mary came into the room six months later, Jesus, uh, John, in John, uh, in the belly of Elizabeth, his, he leaped in her womb when he, yes. because Jesus was in Mary's womb, he was in his presence. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now watch, and Zechariah said unto the angel. Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and, I'm wa- and my wife is well stricken in years. What is going on here with Zechariah? What do you think he's got? He's got some doubts. I, I, you know, I'm an old man. My wife's old. I'm gonna. I, I, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna speak a miracle away. Remember that the power of life and death's in the tongue. But God had a solution. Now watch. And the angel answered him and said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. You know what the angel did? He shut his mouth. Listen, friend. If you want to receive from God... If you want to receive from God, you listen to what's coming out of that mouth. And if it don't agree with the promise of God, zip your lips. Amen? Remember that. It might save your life one day. And sure enough, guess what? You know when he spoke the next time, they were arguing about who, what they should call the new baby? And all of a sudden, his mouth was loose. He said, you'll call him John. <laughs> he got the message. <laughs> he learned his lesson. I'm going to look at something here. Abraham. No, we, we looked at that. I'm going to look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 6. No. Excuse me a minute. Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 38. We're still in the Christmas story. 
Here's, a, here's how you do receive. This is how you receive. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. Here it is again. Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. Gabriel had come to Mary. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto, his, unto the throne of, of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? She's a virgin. She'll be a virgin when Jesus is born. That's impossible. Well, let's see. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and, and, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, and therefore all that that holy thing shall be born of, thou shalt be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Here it is. For with God, underline this one, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Come on. Amen. You know when He created... You know it said the Holy Spirit would overshadow? You know when He created the world? God the Father, imagine it. Jesus was the Word. It was spoken. And the Holy Spirit, it says, hovered over, over the bodies of water that were covering the earth at that time. He hovered them. He brings the Word. He's, he's the one that puts the charge of electricity into the Word and it comes to pass just like that. And, and the angel said, Mary, with God all things are possible. Nine months later, that little virgin bore the Son of God. Hey, hey, John, can you? Yes, sir. Can you cover why, when John, when when um, uh, when the Zachariah said something, he got his mouth shut. Yeah. When he said, "How can it be?" Yeah. Mary said the exact same thing. But she's just asking a question. Right. I don't believe she was in unbelief. Want to cover that? She's she's saying, "Well, how can this be?" I'm not doubting. I'm just asking, how can question. it be? Because I'm a virgin. Yep. And that's what I believe that was, Carmen. So if we're in that context... Yes, Paula. He does the wow, and we don't know how. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's pretty good. Give that, lady a, give that lady a prize back there. So here's... I'm going to close with this last one. This is Luke 6, 46. How do you know if I'm really believe in God for a miracle. You know what Jesus said? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It goes right back. Power of life and death in the tongue. It's like a rudder on a ship. It's guiding the direction of your life. Just open up your ear and listen what's coming out of here. If it ain't right, shut your mouth. Just, Just like Zachariah did. God bless you. If you need a miracle tonight, we're going to pray with you. Come on. Uh, if you're in bondage to some alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever, Jesus said He came to set the captives free. Come on. If you're sick and afflicted, Jesus said, I am the God that healeth thee. He took a scourging on His back before He went to the cross. And the Bible says with those stripes on His back, you are healed. Yes. In Matthew 8, 16 and 17, it says that all who came to Him that night, all of them, 
they were healed of all their sickness and all their disease. So that what this prophet Isaiah had spoken, that he himself had borne our sickness and carried away our pain and our disease, could be fulfilled. That was prophecy, a promise of God 1,500 years before Christ was born. That He would have that scourging to pay for your sickness and your disease. He shed His blood on that cross to pay for our sins. Listen, you know what the Bible says? We've all sinned. Don't worry, you're in a party here. We're all all one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then it goes on to say, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. I want to tell you something. Jesus knew he was going away. And he he told my disciples, Where I am, you will be also. He knew he was going to be resurrected, go back up and take his seat at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And this is what he said. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, someday you will be also. When you accept Christ, you may not have the best of homes here on this earth. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When you get there, (laughs) it's a Cadillac. Streets of gold. Not not asphalt and tar. Streets of gold. Water so pure, you can see clear to the bottom. A glorious future. Jeremiah, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good, not to do you harm. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Listen, if you don't know Jesus tonight, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you do what this prayer, just follow along and pray with me. And if you mean it in your heart, know you want to turn from those things that aren't right in your life and turn to Christ. You'll be saved. There's an eternity, friend. And you're going to spend it in heaven with Jesus or you're going to spend it in hell. And I want to tell you, hell ain't no place. It's no picnic. And once you're there, there's no getting out. You can read about the rich man Lazarus. You you ought to read that. You read about the rich man Lazarus. The old beggar Lazarus, he was in Abraham's bosom. The rich man that would never even give him a crumb from his table was in hell. And he said, Father Abraham, send me uh, uh, Lazarus to give me water, dip it on my tongue for I'm in torment in these flames. I don't see why there would be any reason where you want to spend eternity. And it's done simply by inviting Christ into your heart. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. That means he's going to fellowship with you like you do around the meal table. He was good at that. He went to Zacchaeus' house. You remember? Zacchaeus, a little short man up in the tree so he could see Jesus. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to come to your house and sup with you today. He wants to sup with you, friend. Ask him into your heart tonight. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Pray it with me. Mean it sincerely. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word tonight. Lord, You want nothing but good things for Your creation. Man was the the biggest part of the glory of all Your creation. Man was it. You didn't create Him to be away from You. You created Him to be with You and spend eternity with You. Tonight, Father, we pray. I'll pray this with me. Jesus, 
Jesus. I know I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I ask you tonight to forgive me of my sins. Your blood will wash me and know my sins were scarlet. It'll be my, my life will be white as snow. You cast my sins as far as the east is from the west. You remember them no more. Come into my heart, Jesus. I open the door of my heart tonight. Come in. Sup with me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And Lord, help me to see all these promises that are in Your Word. Help me now from this point on to walk by faith and not by sight. Not to look at my situations, but to look to You and know that my help comes from the hills. Thank You tonight, Jesus, for this Word. And You just reminded me all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. God bless you tonight. And you have a blessed week. The best week of your life if you said that prayer. I can guarantee. God bless you.